All right, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here, back from my um, two-week hiatus. You know, life happens, so we're back. But I'm here with my my guy, Cam. Cam, say what's up to the people. Yo, 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 what's up, bro? How y'all doing? Cam is my guy from these um, Twitter streets, so I figured I'd bring him on, you know, talk some NBA hoops. First time guest. So yeah. let's get it. Let's get cracking. Bet. All right. So um, I mean, series now is um, two one. Um, Bucks just won Game Three as of yesterday. We're recording on a Monday night. So Giannis just came off back to back forty point dominant games, and I mean, what what more can you say about his? performances since he came back from that injury and just like what he's been able to do i mean i i've, I've been kind of like speechless to just dis- in in ways to describe his dominance so i mean how have you felt about um Giannis's performances um as of recently uh, well game one um he started off game one real like that first half he was like back to Giannis. you know what i'm saying like he he did a couple of things where he moved a little different, but once he started like just getting to the paint, I know that that play on the baseline, where he was just moving Aiton and moving Crowder out the way, it was just okay. Giannis is back. The second half he slowed down, but games two and three, especially games two, uh, when he had twenty points in the third quarter, it was just like like a supernova. It was just like like what can you do? You know what I'm saying? The Suns threw Aiton at him. They had Mikael Bridges on him. They had Crowder on him, and you know every player has a weakness, you know, for Giannis. Either Giannis is just too fast or he's too long or he's too strong. He's just going to get to the rim. So it's like this amazing stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, it's like a modern-day Shaq in a way. I mean, a lot of people have been saying right. that over the over the last couple of years, and, you know, people have scoffed at it and whatnot because, you know, the playoff performances haven't really held up. But I feel like this year he's finally put everything together and he's able to just, like, be such a dominant player and like he's not just like running through people anymore because like yeah you you can put up a wall against that and i think chris paul had mentioned like bringing up a wall and to my point of that i mean you you can't bring up a wall against Giannis anymore because he's he's starting to get deeper in his post moves bag and like you can't you can't build a wall from the post because like you just have to send hard doubles or else he's going to be able to see the rest of the floor and be able to um just be able to pass out of it. So you're just going to end up risking open buckets for other guys. And maybe you want to do that. Maybe you don't, but I mean, there's, there's no form in the wall anymore. I also think Phoenix just doesn't have the personnel. I mean, they do have the defenders, but like, you can't, you can't match just everyone. So yeah, you, you can't match seven foot two fifty moving like that, man. Like you can't, you just can't match up with it. Yeah. So, and I yeah. mean, yeah. So it's like, it's just insane stuff, and, like, I'm happy to see Giannis finally get his flowers after all these years. I mean, he, he he's really gone through some things. I mean, with the, um, Jason Kidd um, getting fired midway through that season and then having that seven-game seven, um, seven series against Boston, then, you know, coming back, um, the Kawhi thing where Kawhi just kind of shut him down, and then last year the yeah. bubble what happened so it's good to see him finally break through and finally reach a finals and just like put everything together on that main stage and he still has a ways to go too and um yeah a matter of just like adding stuff to his game yeah it's crazy because 
he came into the league in was it 2013 or 14? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was 13 or 14, one of those years. Right. And, you know, like like you said, the Jason Kidd years when Jason Kidd even put him at point guard and all that type of stuff. And it's just crazy to see how he's been in the league so long and he's only, what, 26? Yep. So people like to bring up this whole, you know, 25 and under. They like to bring Luka and Tatum and, you know, all these other guys. And they've been in the league for, like, what, three years? Giannis is in season eight and he's only 26. You know what I'm saying? Like, he hasn't developed his jump shot yet. I mean, I, I respect him for you know, even taking it, he's taking more now. He's taking, you know, trying to get a little bag. But, you know, even this free throw thing, like, the, the he's not – he's fearless, man. Like, he's just – you know, all that counting stuff, he's still shooting the free throws. He's still going to the line. He's just – he's getting whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? So, it's it's, it's amazing to see him. Yeah, and um, speaking of the free throws, I mean, that's one thing that's brought up, um, especially a, a lot out of last game, especially with like the whole Scott Foster narrative and whatnot. And right. like, I, I feel like Scott Foster didn't really have a hand in the game yesterday. I mean, I feel like a lot of the fouls, it looked like Phoenix was like intentionally fouling Giannis. Mm-hmm. So like every time he got the rock, they were swarming him and they wanted him to go to the free throw line. I think what bothers a lot of people is that is the fact that he just, he made his free throws this time instead of like right. all the bricks. Like I think he went like, 13 for 17 or something like that. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So, like, once Giannis is hitting the free throws and then, like, he's getting whatever he wants in the paint and he's, like, bullying his matchup, it's, like, you just got to hope that the other guys around him aren't as hot as they were that last game and just hope for the best at that point. Right. And, and another big piece is that him actually having, you know, a lot of people like to bring up the averages with Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe. Um, I like just want to just make a point. Like, even though their averages, even though like Drew Holiday hasn't had a great playoffs at all. Like, you know, he's he's been great defensively, but offensively his percentage has been down. And he, you know, he might disappear out of games and stuff. But the difference between like last year's team and this year's team, especially between the you know Holiday and Bledsoe, is that like that. I guess like the the intellect that Drew Holiday Holiday kind of brings, because it's it's a lot of situations where like last year Eric Bledsoe would just do stuff, and it was just like like what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? And then, like, this year, Drew yeah. Holiday kind of yeah. is, like, a, a more calming presence. And also, you know, Chris Middleton has been a little more consistent as well, especially, you know, on the scoring end. So, I think like, – and Drew Holiday is when he is the best, in my opinion, the best perimeter defender. So, it's like that that gap between, you know, Bledsoe and Drew Holiday and just another legit ball handler who can get his own shot uh, makes a difference for, Gian- for Giannis, too. Yeah, with with Drew though, he the one thing I've I have noticed like he's done a little bit better job of it like the last couple of games or like at least starting in the second half of game two, just like being able to fight over the screens a little bit better because like right. I, I noticed in like the a lot of the other matchups he's had a hard time fighting over screens or maybe he's just been lazy with it but like mm-hmm. these last two games they've been they've done a much better job of fighting over screens and like um making sure that those guys feel uncomfortable when they get when they get to their spots. Like um like you saw D book yesterday. He had a bad game and a lot of it was just like they weren't allowing D book to get comfortable where he wants to get comfortable because they were just like they were just putting in more mm-hmm. effort on that end. So it, it's good to see um Drew get locked in into this series because I mean they're going to need every bit of him and Chris to be very good um on both ends of the ball if they want to like win this series and get a championship. So it's very key right. that those guys um, step up the way they right. have. Yeah, and they made a big difference for Phoenix. You know, instead of, you know, game one, like you said, in the first half of game two, it makes a difference between starting your offense with 18 seconds on the shot clock than starting it with 12 on the shot clock. You know, just that pressure at the point of attack, you know, and just see a guy, you know, right there at the free throw line when you're bringing the ball up, 
you got to turn a couple of times. And then by the time you get up court, you got, you know, 15 seconds on the shot clock and you're just getting to your offense. You know, that makes a big difference too. And, you know, Phoenix like to go slow, but, you know, once you got to get into your stuff real fast, then that's when, you know, the Bucks can, you know, really swarm and play that best defense too. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, with, um, like back to Drew and Chris, they both got to be better on the road too. I mean, they mm-hmm. have not played well at on the road. And like, if you want to win a championship, you have to be able to go into these hostile environments and just like be able to just block out all that noise and be able yeah. to, to play well. So yeah, hopefully they can, I, w- I would love to see the Bucks, um, win game four so that way we can have a tied series going back to game five because then at that point anything goes because you know you got so many factors that at at, at play at that point so mm-hmm. exactly so then then we'll see you know when it's when it's ball busting time pause <laughs> when you know when it's t- when it's two two and now we gotta you know really get into into the series that are going down three one so yeah i, I agree and, and, and one one matchup that's intrigued me the most is um the Aiden Giannis matchup because um a lot of people want to see Giannis at the five more and I feel like that I'm one of those people especially because like that's just been something that's been super dominant throughout these whole playoffs and it's just continuing to be dominant because like one narrative that was that was um prevalent going into this series was Aiden um versus Giannis and like was Aiden going to be able to have the same success he had against like Jokic and like every other center that he was um, playing against because he was having pretty much – he was having a pretty solid playoff debut and he was making yeah. a lot of centers, like, look – he was making a lot of bigs look worse than they should have. So right. it was interesting to see how um, how Giannis countered that. And, like, it's just like Giannis is just too too fast and too big for him. So it's like it's, – it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, when you go back to the Lakers series, um, just Drummond, uh, you know, w- w- AD, of course, AD was hurt, but just Drummond not being a a competent center, like, just not him being to being able to do stuff, like, literally, he wasn't able to do anything, just... Oh, you, can just say, you can just say he's garbage at this point, like... Yeah, 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 just Andre, <laughs> Drummond, yeah, just Andre Drummond being Andre Drummond, and then, you know, Marcus Gasol, you, you can't really play Marcus Gasol, especially in that series, because even though Chris Paul is hurt, uh, he was still getting to his spots and he was still, you know, drumming the athletic, not a uh, drumming, but uh, Aiden, the athleticism with, you know, Gasol, he's just kind of, he just doesn't have it anymore. And then going into the, uh, they played the Jazz in the second round, right? No, yeah. they played, they played, Denver. No, they played no, Denver. No, no, no. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And just him being able to match Jokic, uh, well, to kind of overwhelm him athletically, especially on the offensive end, you know, with the rim runs and just that, that aspect. And then the Clippers not being able to play, you know, Zub, well, they played Zubac, but when he played, it was just like, you know, is he really making a difference? And, you know, you can't have Marcus Morris on him. So just this series, just having Aiden, having, you know, have a guy that is the same size, the same height, can do everything he can do athletically and more. It's just, it's, that's a, that's really the the playing, the leveling, leveling of the playing field between, you know, Aiden and the other centers. So, yeah. 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 Um, and then you got um, Chris Paul. I mean, I feel like he um, – I feel like in game three, he kind of let the Scott Foster thing get to his head mm-hmm. because, like, he may have been, like, trying to get certain contacts, certain calls, or, like, he just wasn't in it fully, especially in that second half. But, yeah, I mean, 
he's really letting that Scott Foster matchup get to him. And I think Scott Foster is supposed to be um, officiating another one of their games coming up soon. So Yeah, so that, that's another aspect because Chris Paul is that type of guy where <clears throat> like he'll try to like, – like you said, he was he was trying to go out of his way a couple plays – you know, trying to get contact, just trying to be like, okay, like y- y'all see what's going on, you know, type, he's that type of guy, you know? So of course, yeah, you know, the yeah. thing, um, you know, it, that's just Chris Paul though. That, that's just that, that Chris Paul, Scott Foster thing. I, like I, like you said, I don't think Scott Foster really had a, like a real impact on the game. He wasn't, you know, calling egregious fouls to where it's like, you know, it's really bad, but it was just the flow of the game. And, you know, the Suns just, they lost, you know? Yep, I mean that's 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 just what happened, and um, some things that that have stuck out to me in this series um, on both ends. Um, campaign hasn't had the impact I thought he would in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't had one of those explosion, uh, one of those like offensive explosions that I thought he would, because like we saw in game, especially game two of the the Clippers series, where he had yeah, twenty nine and nine, yeah. like he just had um full reign of whatever he, he wanted to do on, on offense. And like, there wasn't nobody that could stop him. So it's, it's been interesting to see how he hasn't had that much of an impact, but in, in replacement of his impact, I guess you can say the other cam cam Johnson has had himself a series or had himself a playoffs in general, but like this series specifically, he's had like a real, a real coming out party where he's just been able to like hit threes and, um, He's he's even been able to make plays off the bounce, so it's like we saw yeah. that poster with PJ Tucker. So yeah, that that's the difference between like uh, the swing guys for Milwaukee and the swing guys for um for Phoenix. But the thing about I, that I do want to bring about the campaign, I do like his aggressiveness. Still, you know, he's getting to the paint. He's still getting good. Sh- he's not just taking bad shots. I don't I don't think he's taking really bad shots, especially for. Cause I think he's a he's a shot maker. He's not taking bad shots. He's just not making anything right now. You know what I'm saying? Like he's been getting to the rim and he's been getting that little scoop layup a lot. It's just not going in. So, and then for for like you said, Cam Johnson, like for him to be what I think he's 24, 25, second year player. Like he's old. Like he's super yeah. old. And you know, um, I just think that his like his intellect. You know, just being a smart guy, just coming out of UNC. You know, playing four or five years in college, I think that makes a, a big difference. You know, because he can just come in and just plug in and play. You know, he's he's what six nine. He can shoot it. He can make a couple of dribbles, make a good good pass, good decisions, and you know, like I said, solid on defense. So, I, I love Cam Johnson's game, uh, and he's just been super super solid. Him and Mikael Bridges have been super super solid for you know for Phoenix. Yeah, I mean. Um... Yeah, I w- I was actually critical of that pick back then too because um yeah. I actually I had watched him that those last couple of years at UNC and I thought like he was maybe like a late first round guy at best mm-hmm. because like I didn't really be- see be- I didn't really see him being able to do all this stuff off the bounce because I just saw him as like a spot I saw him like similar to like I know Justin Jackson had did a, a little bit more things at um at UNC than Cam Johnson but like I saw him in that same type of mold of guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, of just like being like a spot shooter, but like he's shown that he can be much more than that. And you know, I mean, everyone laughed at Phoenix for picking them that high. Um, I guess they saw something that we did in. It's paid off for them so far. So yeah, props to them. And another thing to uh, point out is that's the same pick that they traded to Minnesota for Jared Culver from Texas Tech. And we all know like Jared Culver is 
daggone near a top five, top four pick in that draft. But he's, you know, he slid to six. But imagine if, you know, Phoenix would have had Jared Culver instead of Cam Johnson. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, talk that about man, like an alternate nasty. reality right there. Yeah, real nasty. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, what was what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts heading into this series originally? Like, wh- what did you think was going to happen between the two teams? Uh, well, honestly, I just wasn't sure. Of course, you know when we all got that what that Shams tweet, you know when they said Giannis is playing Game One, I just wasn't sure because, of course, it, the way he is hyperextending his knee. At first, I thought it was like an ACL or MCL tear, you know. But of course, you know he hyperextended, so I, I just wasn't sure. Like, okay, will they have Giannis for game one? And how good can Giannis be for game one? And game two, you know, I just thought it was going to be like two games where it's just Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And I just really wasn't sure how they would be able to carry, you know, the Bucks, you know, over Phoenix. But, the, you know, of course, seeing the way that Giannis has been playing, it's like, it's completely, that's what's my opinion. But initially, I thought it was going to be like Phoenix and five. You know, going into it, just because I just I just thought you know they would just be overwhelming with uh, a, a hobbling Giannis, but you know he's been anything but hobbled. You know, so it's completely switched my opinion on it. Yeah, I was of I was of the similar mindset because like everyone was hyping up Drew and Chris after those two games against Atlanta. I don't know why they were facing basically Atlanta's um like everyone on Atlanta, but. Can't, um, but um, Trey Young and um, DeAndre Hunter, and like that's not much of a squad. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a compilation of some solid pieces, you know. Yeah, like, but it's not know, like a team that's like you expect to like make some noise in the playoffs or something. Right, so. you know, and you know, Bogdanovich was hurt, and like you said, DeAndre Hunter, and then Cam Reddish just hasn't played since January, February, coming off an Achilles, so that was his first playoff minutes too. So, you know, it, it's. It's kind of—I'm not gonna say easy, but it's—it's it's a little easier when you're getting guarded by Kevin Herter, you know, and, and not having to guard Trey Young on the other end for you know for Drew Holiday and being guarded by Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know, for Chris Middleton. So, yeah, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's a difference for real. Yeah, and like everyone took that and they were just like, you know what, um. These guys, they're better without Giannis. And, you know, Giannis is really the Robin. And, like, people really ran with those stupid narratives. Um, but um, glad to see Giannis came back and, you know, showed everybody that he is not can the I, Robin. So. Can I please call out somebody right quick, please? Oh, he, of course. He'll, 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 probably, he'll probably never hear this. Steven Jackson. Stag Jack. <laughs> <laughs> you got caught in 4K, bro. Like, bro tried to really tell us. That that Chris Middleton was the, the best player on the Bucks. Like, like, bro, you play like what 13, 14 years in the NBA. You got your little podcast. You're on ESPN every once in a while with uh, as you as you call her, Rachel Nichols. Um, <laughs> bro, like, like, I don't know. I, I don't know why people like to bring this up. Like, 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 just because Chris Middleton get a jump shot or two does not mean that he is the best player on the Bucks. Like. Sure, you probably want him taking a jump shot over Giannis in the crunch time, but it's not like, like let let's let's not do this, people. Like Giannis is literally a generational talent. We'll never see another Giannis again, and he still has like 
technically, when you want to do it off ages and stuff, you know, like te- they say players hit their prime at 27, 28. Technically, if you want to speak like that, Giannis hasn't even hit his real prime. So let's just let's just stop with the, the blasphemous uh, uh, accusations and statements saying that Chris Middleton is the best player on the Bucks. Let's let's not do this. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. ESPN yeah. ran with it. I mean, like, it's just it's just been a nasty anti Giannis tour so far, and you know, I'm glad he's just like shutting up to do. The funniest thing to me was them saying that he is not allowing those guys to get in rhythm when they just were clearly stinking it up. But yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that that was just funny to me because it's like. Giannis, like, he literally kept that team alive in the third quarter because if he had not, like, just took over and he just relied on Drew Holiday missing layups and Chris Middleton taking bad shots, like, that game would have ended up way worse than the actual outcome indicated. So, like, he spared them from, like, a beatdown. Yeah, because even though they won by 20, it really wasn't a 20-point loss for Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it it was a really bad game for Book. Um, Aiton got in foul trouble, but like you said, even with Aiton out of the game, um, they I, I, I'm not sure if Book was on the on the floor when they when Phoenix made that run when they cut it to like you know like six points in that third quarter. But if if Giannis stays out for like two more minutes, like it's a different game. Like Phoenix may have taken the lead, and then we're going into a fourth quarter where it's like, okay, now like like. Y'all, it's a, just a two-point game instead of a, a 12-point game, you know, when Giannis comes back in the game. You know, he just blows the lead up within two, three minutes, and, and you know, the game's over at that point. So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 just crazy what <laughs> he's, he's done and just, like, people still don't want to give him his flowers. But, I mean, maybe if he wins it all and gets the finals MVP, he'll finally have some respect on his name. But um yeah, going back to like how I thought this series would have went, I I kind of came into the series, I was just like, I feel like Giannis would play at least game he would probably miss the first game, but he would play this the second game and he would allow himself to get into rhythm through that. But like he just blew my expectations out of the water starting game one and then just game two, game three, back to back historical performances. So I mean yeah. at this point, I'm I'm not even gonna like try to put a cap on like what um what I think the Bucks can um come out of this series as the winners or not, but yeah. Honestly, if the Bucks lose, you can't really you, you can't put it on Giannis. You know, I I think that I think they're evenly matched, but I just think the matchup between I wouldn't even say evenly matched. I just think that the inconsistency of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and even Brooke Lopez and even like, you know, them playing PJ Tucker and PJ Tucker literally can't make a corner three like he used to. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get from Pat Connaughton. And, you know, one game you might get 20 points from 20 and 10 from Bobby Portis and next you might get four points. So I just think that what Giannis has been able to do uh, with, with the, the ups and downs of this roster, especially since they watched Miami, and Brent Forbes, when he freaking turned into Drazen Petrovic out of nowhere. But what Giannis has had to deal with this playoffs with the team, yeah, I, I just think that you can't really, like, stain it on his career. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really put all the blame on him. So I think he'll, he'll yeah, come out yeah. he'll come out good either way. You know, if they win, 
more power to him. He'll probably he'll definitely get Finals MVP. It'll he'll cement himself as one of the all time greats. And even if they lose, it's still like okay, Giannis did his thing, but you we see how Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday came up short, you know, for them, which they have been. So yeah, he's been he's been the one constant throughout all this um all these um these playoffs. So I mean. Throughout all their wins, he's been the one dominating factor. So, I mean, you just got to – there's no way, like you said, there's no way you can put the blame on him unless, like, he just completely collapses, which I, 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 I don't see happening. So Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at his game log from these playoffs. It's nuts. It's just, it's just crazy. So. Yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 it's an all-time run. I mean, people, some people feel like it's not because, you know – some maybe some like maybe the Nets were were injured and whatnot and like he missed a couple of games towards the end of the 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 conference finals. But I mean, even then, like all the numbers that he's put up over these 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 playoffs, I mean, it's just crazy numbers. Like yeah, exactly. basically giving you like thirty and thirty and ten with like assist, some a steal or a block or two. Like come on, like you yeah. can't deny that all time. Yeah, and and I'm not even a Giannis guy. Of course, I'm I'm a Heat fan, you know, for the for the listeners, and of course the way they got got us up out of there with ease, you know, I, I'm of course I was pissed, but it's like, I mean, Giannis is Giannis, man. You got to take the Yeah, exactly, and you know, for what they had to do, you know, go through with the with the Brooklyn series with Drew Holiday literally turning into freaking I don't even know. Uh, Smush Parker in that series <laughs> for for him to like, you know, deal with that and still get through him, you know, despite, you know, James Harden being on one leg and, you know, Kyrie being out, it's still, you know, Giannis did what he had to do to get them through that series. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so switching from um, the finals to let's talk about some other basketball that's been going on recently. We got team, team USA hoops going on. Losing to the Nigerian Heat. I mean, they they right now they in a they in a dogfight with um Australia right now as as we're recording. So we'll see how that game oh, goes. But um, yeah, I mean they lost ninety to eighty seven to Nigeria. I am currently rooting on Team USA's downfall because they snubbed my guy <laughs> Julius Randle for oh, one Kevin God. Love. So okay, I'm uh, praying on their downfall this whole Olympics. <laughs> I'm rooting for anybody that's not wearing red, white, and blue. So um, that's how I'm feeling. Well, but yeah, I mean, go, going into that game, I mean, I, I didn't know. Like, I knew Nigeria had, like, some solid NBA players. I knew that. Like, I'm not going to come out yeah. here and say, like, I knew, like, Nigeria was like that. But, like, I knew they wasn't going to get, like, ran off the court or nothing. I, I felt like they would put up a fight. I mean, any team that we've seen internationally that can field, like, five or more NBA players usually puts up a good fight against Team USA. So exactly, I wasn't really that shocked, but like I was happy to see them win because, I mean, it puts it puts Team USA um, on notice. Team USA thinks right. they can yeah. come out here and, you know, just do whatever and come out with like a 50-point dub like this is the 08 Redeem team or something. But like right, it's not like that no more. Yeah. You actually got to grind. Anyway. These, these teams is nice out here now. Yeah, exactly. Like the 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 level of talent on these other teams, um, just the the like you said, Nigeria has three players from the Heat, and then they have I think two other guys. Uh, I can't name them off the top of my. And they have nine NBA guys head. total. 
Nigeria does. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah. So yeah. Exactly. So when you're playing against other NBA players, you know you're gonna have to come out and hoop. You know, just because like Team USA, I think that's a weird. It's a weird roster anyway. Um. I mean, it's not. It's and not. We're gonna it's get not into the, the roster construction too. So, yeah, like, like you said, like, like with Kevin Love, I like, I really don't think that Kevin Love should have been on the team. Um, even with guys like Jeremy Grant, I think that Jeremy Grant is a weird fit. And then we, we don't even have you know book uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton on that team as well. But it's just like I, I don't. It's just it's just weird, man. The, the, the team is just weird. And then they they brought up Darius Garland. And uh, Sadiq Bay from the from the select team because you know the, of course the other guys are out but it's just a it's just like a a weird constructed roster. Yeah, and like I mean going back to construction of the team, not even just like Kevin Love who like my God they just brought him there to be a glorified cheerleader. He doesn't do anything like <laughs> he had like three fouls in like three minutes the other day, and it was just like. Okay, I guess like Julius Randle could have gave you that plus like some some points, boards, and a couple of assists maybe, but like yeah, but like yeah, I mean this team is like it's a weird construction with this team. First of all, the front court lineup isn't that solid. We already mentioned two of the guys that are kind of suspect, and then you got um Bam and um Draymond, and I mean those guys aren't really dominating the boards, especially in um FIBA play. I mean. There's a lot of seven footers yeah. out there, so yeah. And even even like every team, especially since like you know like '04, the when they had like KG and Tim Duncan, and then in '08 they they like they always have a legit like just a seven foot rim runner, you know, just block shots, set screens type of guy. So in, like in '08, Dwight, they had, like, Tyson yeah, they had yeah, and uh, and and then even 2016 they had DeAndre when he was a competent NBA player. So I, they don't like I, it's definitely going to affect them, even though like. Even though Bam can make up for it, it's it's just not it's nothing like having just a legit just seven foot you know just banger just just down low, you know with the Jokic's and uh, if is Valanciunas playing this year? Yes. yes. Yeah. So with Valanciunas and even Australia has uh, has Aaron Baines. He's not gonna he's not not an offensive threat really, but he's just a just a big guy you know down low. So it's there. I think this team is gonna get killed in the paint, even though they have they do have length. They just don't have the the size, you know, to you know deal with you know those big those big guys. And, and is Gobert playing for France or is he not playing this year? Too? Yep, he, he is. And so that, that's a, that's another one. So that's just somebody that just a, just a seven footer. Just that means so much in FIBA play, you know, just to get rebounds and just you know just have scrumming up in the paint. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna yeah. they're gonna face problems. Yeah, and like with the FIBA rules, the centers can stick in the paint. So it's like yeah, all yeah, all all shot clock. Yep. So it's like they really ad- they really get an advantage with this with this style of play, and like you see a lot of these guys, they thrive in this environment more than the NBA because like exactly. this is what they've been playing their whole lives. So yeah, this more is nothing. Physical. And then more you know, physical with, with the, too. With yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Like the physicality said, is really bothering some of these guys too. Like they're yeah, looking like, to like, the refs for fouls yeah, Ke- when there's not. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Durant is like you know KD is KD, but. You know, when a guy can really get up in you and, you know, and it's not a foul. Like, in the NBA, like, they're getting – like, Dame is getting those calls. Tatum is getting those calls. Levine is getting those calls. And FIBA is like, like, who? Like, keep hooping. Yeah, like, exactly. Game. So, you know, when these guys can get physical and, 
you know, like especially these first time Olympic guys. Like Katie has been through it and Draymond has been through it. But besides that, everybody else is first timers. So Yep. It's a learning curve. And right. like one thing that I saw Nigeria exploit, which I feel like is gonna be hilarious to watch throughout the whole Olympics, is um the defensive deficiencies of the backcourt in Team USA. Mm-hmm. They saw Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, and Darius Garland out there, and they started, like, licking their lips. Like, <laughs> it's go time. Like, time to go to the rack. Like, you are not stopping me, bro. So, like, yeah, that's going like, to be an issue. Yeah, like in years past, like in 08, they had, you know, Kobe, D-Wade, Chris Paul, and even Jason Kidd, you know, and, and like, Tayshaun Prince. You know, they had, they had real defenders. In 2016, it was kind of – but they have that that's they, they have Paul George, Jimmy, they've had Kyle Lowry. Um, but this year's like you know, even in twenty twelve ball don't stop team. Yeah. So it's 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 gonna get it's gonna get nasty, bro. Especially if they if they play somebody like Slovenia or when they get into the when they when they start playing Spain and when they start playing guys with real NBA point guards and go, and other, you know, wings where it's like, you know, like this Nigeria team was light. Like they were going against Gabe Vincent, like that's like he's a he's a fifteenth man on 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 the NBA team. So once you start getting to these guys, where it's like Goran Dragic and and Luca and Ricky, he's not a scorer, but Ricky Rubio and those other Spanish guys, and it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get hectic. And right or now they're going like right now with Patty Mills. I was just I was just about to say yeah, Patty Mills. So yeah, it's yeah they're gonna they're gonna face. They're gonna get in trouble, bro. Cause Dame ain't stopping nobody. And then you know, what, what, Drew Holiday is their one defender when he when he finally gets you know to the Olympics. He's the, he's the one defender. But like we said in years past, they've had like all five guys can just like strap up. They don't have that this year. Yeah, and that that's gonna be an issue because you're seeing more and more um, international teams field more and more NBA guys. So you know. Mm-hmm. The talent the, level, the, the talent the level is increasing. So it's like, like a team like France, they got some guys that have been in the NBA and are in the NBA. Um, Slovenia with Luca, Luca's gonna cut up this backcourt. Like Luca has been chilling. I forgot what he had last game. Whoever they played, but it was crazy. And he's like, when you watch like the 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 FIBA highlights with Luca, he's literally going like seventy percent. Like yeah, he's, he's not going hard at all. He's not even trying, and he's putting up numbers. So it's like when when Luca sees those other guys, it's like, oh yeah, we're like, you know, it's not like you know these other countries where it's like, oh my gosh, it's Team USA. Luca's like, no, like I just I give you guys forty and ten whenever I see y'all in the regular season. So it's like, what I'm gonna do against like you know what for for my country? So <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get nasty. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, one thing that we saw also at the end of the the Nigeria game, which I thought was like very funny, um, Draymond being left wide open because they hard doubled off of him to um, trap Levine, basically, mm-hmm. and like that's gonna be a thing that other teams exploit too because they got NBA guys and they saw what teams did to Draymond all year too. So it's like, yeah, it's gonna be a repeat of that all over again. I know Warriors fans was laughing at that um the other night because they were like, see, see what happened all year with us. So it's like, yeah. It's gonna be funny because teams are just gonna leave Draymond open, and Draymond's gonna have to keep him honest. And yeah, if he can't, that's gonna be their downfall too. Yeah, because like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna like? Are you gonna go small and put like Katie, 
Tatum, Levine, you know, or are you gonna take are you gonna take Draymond off the court and sacrifice defense to put another offensive player in? You know? So like what are you gonna do in those situations where it's it's, it's crunch time? Because you gotta have defenders, but you also have to balance the scoring. They have enough scoring, but it's like when 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 you have the scores that can get a bucket, but they can't stop nobody at the other end, it's like it's kinda obsolete really. You know, unless yep. guys really get out. You know, of course, of course, the NBA talent, you know, they have on – on this Team USA team, they have, what, like, legitimately six or seven guys that can go off and get 45 and 50, it, well, especially on their respective teams in the NBA. But when it's like, you know, who who is the the, the big dog on the team? You know, like, when, when two minutes left, like, who is going to get a stop and who's going to get a bucket? Like, that's where it's going to kind of get tricky to me. So – of course, the obvious answer is to say Kevin Durant, but you know we'll see. We'll see. I mean, last game they thought it was Kevin Durant, and he gave them three straight bricks. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it was rough. I mean, I yeah. could say that that it's rust, but like, I mean, this game they seem it's, all right so far, but like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I just hope that these defensive de- deficiencies don't bite them in the butt, especially when they play in those, you know, those, those metal games when they go against, you know, the Argentinas and the, the Spains and the France, you know, those, and those the Nigerians too now. Exactly. Exactly. So when they, once they started getting into that, then we're going to see. Yes, we yes. will. So, um, I mean, I think that's all we got for today. Is there anything else to talk about? I mean, we we had some uh, some coaching talk recently with um some coaches being hired and whatnot. Um, yeah. Jamal Mosley got hired by the Magic. I feel like that was a pretty good hire for them, you know. Um, and Luca, coach is setting coach, happy. you know, um, coach that um guy like Luca likes, so that's got to be a good thing. And you know, yeah. he's going into a, a situation where it's a, where it's a young rebuilding team. I feel like that's this is a pretty good match, so you know, hoping for the best for them over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and you go ahead. I was gonna say once once they get Jonathan Isaac back, and if depend, they got two. Do they have two picks in the top ten this year? Yeah, Magic. So yeah, if they can fill out those wings with, they can get like a Moody, and uh, maybe a I don't know. It, it really it really depends on you know who falls to them. I feel like they can. If they can like get Jonathan Isaac back, and of course people forget Markel Fultz played for this team too. Like Markel Fultz isn't trash. Yeah, he got hurt too. Yeah, so if they get Markel and they, you know, Cole Anthony get some, you know, get some years in him, and uh, you know, Mo Bamba starts playing some minutes. You know, I think in a few years if they can put it all together, they can be a they can be right back in the playoffs. You know, I don't think they'll be a contender, but they'll be back in the playoff contention like they were, you know, the last couple of years. They're probably going to be one of those league pass teams that you kind of tune into during the yeah, season, yeah. just because of all the young talent that they got. It's going to be like a fun team and whatnot. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and Rick Carlisle in Indiana, um, Chauncey in Portland, and then today, um, some news came out about Willie Green, um, former Clipper yeah, and-, and Warriors assistant, now fe- currently with the Phoenix Suns, most likely about to be the Pelicans head coach. Yeah, and I think that that'll be a breath of fresh fresh air for Zion. And depending on if they keep Brandon, hope I hope they keep Brandon. Well, and in my case, I want Brandon Ingram to come to the to the Heat. That's like agenda number one. For, 
that's like agenda number one for us. He's like, this is between Brandon and Colin Sexton. But if in the case that he doesn't become a Miami Heat, uh, I would. That's that's that'll be a great fit, you know. And, and Zion and Brandon has been vouching for you know for Zoe, uh, you know, this last season or two, you know, saying you know, speaking very highly of him. So I think if they can put it together, because Stan Van Gundy's a, ah, yeah, it was just that was bad last year. So they can move Bledsoe and get some, you know, somebody for him. And I think they can be they can be a viable team in the West, and Zion can finally, you know, get some playoff chops too. So. Yeah, and you know it's, 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 it's yeah, and you know it's just refreshing to see um all these black coaches get hired. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, mean, we and then the the black coaches in 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 positions to win too. You know, like of yeah. course we got Monty Williams, yeah. uh, and then Nate McMillan just got the bag. Uh, who else? Like I said, Willie Green, he's going to a good situation. Uh, Chauncey Billups and Dame. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. Tyloo. Yeah. He would have. They probably would have. You know. You know. Hypothetically, if Kawhi never got hurt, you can say that they might be the favorites to win the championship this year. Um, it's a. It's a. It's who else? Like Chauncey. If 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 they can keep Dame, um, that'll be a good look for Portland. And yeah, black black coaches doing the doing the thing, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's just refreshing. I mean, the league has made so much of this um effort of like being diverse and whatnot and then like they haven't really had much to show for it especially like last offseason they fired a whole bunch of black coaches so it was just like refreshing yeah. to see this this new influx of black coaches and you know you, you talk about it you got to be about it so i mean they're being yeah. about oh, it in one way so yeah and Yudoka in boston too yeah about almost forgot, yeah, yeah. But, but and the thing about it these teams aren't just hiring guys because a lot of teams, especially like the Sacramento's and uh, you know, those, you know, those crap teams, they'll just hire a guy and a, and a year later he's gone. You know, now they're actually hiring guys who have put in that time and yeah, they, they put, they, they're not just hiring because they're black. They're hiring because they're the best for that position. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a, uh, like you said, a diversity push. It's like a legit, like, Okay, he's the best option for this job, so we're gonna hire him. Not because he's black, also because well, of course because he's black too. That's cool, you know. Give us some, give us some flowers, but they're legitimately the better candidate for the jobs, and that they're, they're they're qualified. So it's it's, it's great to see. Facts, facts, and I mean it's just like, and and like the players they they relate more to the um to the black coaches. I mean, right, yeah. Like, like Stan Van Gundy isn't going to get through to Zion, you know, like, you know, those, he, he's just not, you know, Stan Van Gundy was, he was a good coach in his own right, but he's been how many years removed since his last like successful season of being a coach. So, I mean, that was like the Orlando years, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I think, did he make the playoffs with one year in Orlando? Oh, not Orlando, Detroit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but I mean, they were they had no like real you know shot. They were they you know they were eighth seed, so they were scrapping and into the playoffs. But you know, like 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 Chauncey Billups is gonna he can talk to Dame because he did it. You know, like he can talk to a CJ McCollum because he got the he got the resume for it. You know, a Ty Lue can talk to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because he got the resume for it. Ime Udoka has been with Pop for the longest. And he can go to Tatum and be like, yo, I played with, you know, I was with Tim Duncan. 
I seen, you know, I seen championship level basketball. I can get you there, you know. So these guys can definitely, you know, get these. And even Willie Green, you know, just being on that on that Golden State staff, winning those championships, you know, it, it's it's good for the league. So I'm, it I'm, is. I'm so I mean, I think that's all we got for today. Um, Cam. You have anything you want to plug? Let the people know where they can find you at. Yeah, man. Um, on Instagram, you can follow me at c.deloach, D-E-L-O-A-T-C-H. On Twitter, Cam Deloach 6 uh, You can follow The Perfect Play on tw- on Instagram. And uh, y'all go stream uh, Kyrie 3600, new EP3 uh, on all streaming platforms. So that's all I got, man. Perfect Play, C. Deloach, Cam Deloach. And yeah, man, that's all. All right. Thanks for joining me and make sure y'all rate and subscribe. Helps me a lot. So we out of here. All right, bro.